that that was pretty cool that the, the message just got preached. So I'm gonna gonna try the best I can and use human words to explain your position in Christ and where you are in Christ and where you are positionally in your spirit. Um, once you know and understand that, it helps you with prayer. So um, I'm going to try to use the scripture as much as possible so that I don't use my own words because I want you to get this. But human words really can't describe how deep and how wide and how rich God's love is for us and where he has put us and placed us in him. So the first question I have for you is I'm going to throw out a question, and that is, what is the first thing? And I'm going to get my glass on so free. What is the first thing that happened when Jesus took his last breath on the cross, the first thing that was actually happening when Jesus took his last breath. You got it. You got it. Let me read it to you. Yep, from top to bottom. Let me read this. It's in Mark 15, 37, 38, so that you get it. Here's the first thing that happened. Then Jesus cried with a loud voice and died. He breathed his last. He expired. The curtain or the veil, the dividing of the most holy place from the rest of the temple, basically the division between God and man. And the temple was torn in two pieces from the top to the bottom, representing a new access for man into the presence of God. As he's speaking, as, as he's taking his last breath, God comes and rips his heart wide open to us from the top to the bottom. And he says, come on in. My son's blood. My son's blood has just made a way for you to come on in. That access is now open to everyone, everyone that accepts that blood sacrifice. And that is so cool because prayer isn't about, now I lay me down to sleep or some two-minute thing that you do before you eat. Prayer is dialogue and communion and oneness and being in the presence of the Holy Father where he invites us into his throne room, and we live and rule and reign. Matter of fact, it says we're already there in Christ because from the top, as a couple of you said, from the top, meaning God himself, rips open the access point and, and wants you to walk right into his throne room. Every single one of you that have accepted the blood of Christ have been washed and cleansed and have the ability at any time to walk in. And I'm going to share the scriptures and show you in the scripture about that. What your position really is. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 22. Let me read that to you. Hebrews chapter 10 verses 19 through 22 says this. And now we are brothers and sisters in God's family because the blood of Jesus. He welcomes us to come right into the most holy sanctuary in the heavenly realm. Boldly without any hesitation for he has uh, dedicated <clears throat> excuse me a new way a life-giving way for us to approach God wow for just as the veil was torn in two Jesus body was torn open to give us free and fresh access to God and since we now have a magnificent King, high priest, hallelujah, who welcomes us into God's house. We come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced by faith that nothing will keep us at a distance from him.
for our hearts have been sprinkled with the blood to remove impurity, and we have been freed from the accusing conscience, and now we are clean, unstained, and presentable to God from the inside out. Wow, that's who you are. We have to know and understand that right now, as you sit right now, your spirit, man, is in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus right now. That veil was torn open in two so that God can have union and oneness with you. Prayer isn't something that we say with rote memory. Prayer isn't something that we go to a meeting and prayer is union and oneness with the heavenly father who loves us so much that he takes in his children and says, you know what? I want you to co-labor with me. I want you to be part of building my universe. You're my children. Come on into my home. Come on into my heart. Let's commune together. Let's talk together. I want you to share your heart with me. And as you share your heart with me, your prayers are going to reach not only heaven, but they're going to come down like fireballs. And wherever they hit on the earth, it'll bring heaven to earth. And I will prove that to you. You're thinking, where, what alternate universe is this guy coming from for saying that? I'm going to actually show you that in the scriptures. I'm going to show you these things in the scriptures that we as a church have been living in a place below who we really are. And when we get it and know and understand who we are in Christ and what prayer really means, look out, look out, world. The answer to everything in this world is our communion with him. Him opening his heart to us, us opening our heart to him, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven through our prayers is how this world will change. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may attain mercy and grace in our time of need. God is saying to you, I want you to come boldly to my throne of grace. I want you to come in. I want you to lay yourself out. Let me, let me speak with you. Tell me what's bothering you. I will give you mercy and grace in your time of need. That's a promise. And God's not a liar. And it's available to every one of you. But there's a spirit of condemnation that sometimes gets on us and thinks, I'm not worthy for that. You know what? That's a lie of the enemy. That's not God. Because I'm reading God's word and what he's saying about you. This is what God says about you and who you are and what your position is in Christ because what Christ did on the cross. Ephesians 2.6 says, He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. He raised, that's a past tense word. Let me say that again so you get it. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. We extended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now, now, not some future time, we are now co-seated as one with Christ. What it, where you are spiritually, and you're a spirit man right now, is you are co-seated with Jesus Christ in heaven right now. That's where your spirit is right now. Your flesh is here, but your spirit is already co-seated in Christ. What a privilege. Everything that Jesus has, you have. Everything that Jesus is right now, you are. 
It says that in Ephesians 1.3 that you've been given every gift out of the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. Because we're in Christ Jesus. By the way, aren't we the body of Christ? It'd be kind of funny, a head walking around without a body. We are one with him. In the scriptures it said, when he was walking the earth before he was crucified, that Jesus had nowhere to lay his head. After he died on the cross and made us one with him, he now has a place to lay his head because he's got a body with it. Think about that. I know that was kind of out there, but Jesus is the head of the church. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. We're the body. We're seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. Come on. That is so cool. Let me just read Ephesians 2, 18 through 22. Again, I'm not... I'm going to try not to use my words as much as letting you read and hear and glean from the scriptures, from the holy word of God. What are you saying about you? Ephesians chapter 2, verses 18 through 20 says, And now because we are united to Christ, so because we're united to Christ, listen to this now, we both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. We have equal and direct access, the same access that Jesus Christ has. He's calling us already. <laughs> we have the same access that Jesus has. This is what that verse is saying. Let's go on. Verse 19. So you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones, with all the rights of family members of the household of God. Again, this is God's word saying this. You are rising like perfectly fitted stones of the temple, and your lives are being built up together unto an ideal foundation laid before the apostles and prophets. Best of all, you're connected to the head cornerstone. Hallelujah. That's Jesus. We're connected to the head cornerstone of the building, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself. Amen. Verse 21. This entire building is under construction and is continually growing under his supervision until it rises up completed as a holy temple of the Lord himself. Now get this. I want you to get this verse 22. This means that God is transforming each one of you into the holy of holies, his dwelling place, through the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. You are being transformed right now as your spirit man is already in the heavenlies into the holy of holies of God. The veil was rent in two, ripped in two from top to bottom, God now dwells with you. You are now the Holy of Holies of God. God is in you right now. And there's a realm in the spirit. You know, a lot of us think that heaven is some far off place and we're going to go there sometime. But right now, heaven's right here. The realm of the spirit is right here. Can I go a little? The, the, I love the book of Revelation because it talks about the tribulation and it talks about the end times and everything. But can I give you just a little kind of Different, deeper meaning individually to each of you about the book of Revelation. God calls us individually up higher as John goes higher in the book of Revelation. Each one of us have a beast that is messing with us like it has in the book of Revelation. It's called the flesh. And each one of us are in a war where this beast is trying to take us out. And there's a tribulation going on in each of your hearts right now. Are you going to listen to the flesh? Or are you going to walk in the spirit? 
And the book of Revelation unveils and reveals Jesus Christ and who he is. Matter of fact, I want to I read something out of the book of Revelation, if that's okay with you all. Um, just to get a picture of this throne room. Let me get my... Uh, well, let's go to Revelation chapter... Well, I'm going to read it out of the Passion Translation. But Revelation chapter 4. Look at this picture. Jesus is calling John up higher. By the way... Who's the portal to heaven? Jesus told Nathaniel when he was sitting there calling Nathaniel, way back in John chapter 1, verse 51, he says, Nathaniel, what you're going to see is me become a door or a portal, or heaven is open. You'll see angels ascending and descending over me. He is the portal. He is the door. Doesn't it say that I'm the door? Matter of fact, in the beginning of Revelation, isn't he knocking at the door? When that door gets open in Revelation 4.1 to our heart, we get it, and we come up higher, and we walk into this place. And I just want to read Revelation chapter 4 to you. This is a place where you live right now in the Spirit. Then suddenly, after I wrote down these messages, I saw the heavenly portal open before me. And the same trumpet voice, he's talking about how his, he's meeting with Jesus and talking with Jesus. I heard speaking with me at the beginning and broke the silence and said, Ascend into this realm, I want to reveal to you what is happening. <laughs> wow. Jesus is saying, ascend into the realm of my Father, and I want to reveal myself to you, and I want to show you what's happening. We can stop right there. That's the heart of Jesus. My blood was shed for you so that I can take you into your home, your eternal home. And now we've got some work to do, and I want to show you this heavenly home. And your words and your communion with the Father are going to touch the earth. And his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven through you. Verse 2, instantly I was taken in the spirit realm. And behold, I saw a heavenly throne set in place and someone seated on it. And his appearance was like sparkling crystal and glowing like... Uh, Chardonnay in stone and surrounded with the throne was a circle of like green light emeralds and rainbows encircling the great throne and 24 elders around the throne glistening white garments seated upon them each one wearing golden crowns of victory and pulsating from the throne were blinding flashes of lightning crashes of thunder and voices and burning before the throne were the seven blazing Torches, which represent the seven spirits of God. And seven is a, a word of perfection. So whenever you see the word seven in the scripture, especially from the heavenly realms, it's a word of perfection. It's the perfect spirit of God that is within us. The seven spirits of God around the throne. So you got fire burning around the throne. you got all these things happening. We're living in this place, by the way. So you think that prayer is boring? You think when we go into the throne room to prayer that it's boring? Listen to some of this stuff that's happening all around us. And our spirit man, this is what our spirit man is experiencing. Thank you, Lord. And in front of the throne was a pavement like the crystal sea of glass. Let me just park there for a minute. The crystal sea of glass. There's a, one other place in scripture that talks about this crystal sea of glass. Around the throne, we are standing on a crystal sea of glass. We're rooted in a crystal sea of glass. In the world, there's tribulation. In the world, 
those raging waves of the sea were tossed to and fro, it says, those that are in the flesh. In the world, you have all kinds of storms. But your spirit man is already standing on a crystal sea of glass. Come on, that picture's no more storms raging around you. You're in a place of perfect peace, a crystal sea of glass. Jesus mirrored this for us when he fell asleep in the boat. And fishermen, hardened fishermen, are freaking out because they think they're going to die in the storm. But Jesus knew from the because he lived in the place of the crystal sea of glass, that all he had to do was say, peace, be still, and the storm was gone. Every one of you have that authority. Here's the problem right here. The beast flesh man doesn't want you to believe that. You have the authority in your life to say to the storms in your life, because of who you are in the spirit, peace. Be still. And they have to obey you in Jesus' name. You are now living on a crystal sea of glass where there is no storms. In this flesh, yes. You're going to have storms. Who you are created in the spirit lives in a place where there is no storms. So when it says, my will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. How is his will going to be done on earth as it is in heaven? We bring that down by believing that we live in a place where there is no storms. We call forth that place to invade this place in Jesus' name, and it must obey. You guys are getting quiet. Around the throne on each side stood four living creatures full of eyes. Front and behind, the first living creature resembled the lion, the second, an ox, a third, a human face, the fourth, like an eagle in flight. Some people say this is like the four pictures of Christ in the Gospels. But basically, you see these, these things that have eyes in the front and back, meaning they can see backward and forward. They can see in the past and they can see into the future. Wow. Representing that there's no real realm of time in heaven that you can see past and forward. Come on. And <laughs> we're living there. That's why when God gives us revelation and wisdom, it breaks and bends time. And that's our Father. That's why, oh, I don't want to get too weird on you guys, but this is so true. This stuff is true. I'm reading it out of the Bible. And some of you, I can tell, are like, that's why Jesus, when Pastor Brenner was saying Jesus could walk through a wall. Why? Because spirit realm bends time. It's right there. It says that they got eyes in the front and the back. Wow. They worship without ceasing day and night. And this is what's going on in the heavenly throne room where we live. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He was, he is, and he is coming. He was, he is, and he is coming. And I am going to go off. The word of God for a moment. This is what I believe. So you can take this as just me talking. I believe the reason why they're saying holy, holy, holy is because every time God opens himself up to another revelation, they get blasted in the spirit. Holy. 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 And for continual eternity, God will be revealing his holiness to us. 
it's going to be exciting because you're just going to get blasted with that again. And again, and again for all eternity. There isn't no joy ride. There isn't no amusement. There's nothing. There's no high like the most high. Come on. Holy poof. Holy poof. <laughs> holy poof. And that's what's going to be happening in heaven. Holy, holy, holy is Lord God Almighty, who was past, who is now, and who is to come. Again, bending time. Hmm. And whenever the living creatures gave glory and honor and thanks to the one enthroned who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fell down face on their face before the one seated on the throne, and they worshiped the one who lives forever and ever. And they surrendered their crowns before the throne, singing, You are worthy, Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. And by your plan, they were created and exist. Twenty-four elders represent elders. It could be New Testament 12, the Old Testament apostles. I mean, the Old Testament 12 tribes, New Testament 12 apostles. All I know is that it represents people who are elders, who are around the throne. And every time holiness breaks out, they're throwing their crowns down and worshiping God. And cool stuff's happening all around. And all these colors and rainbows. And here's something else that I want to bring up. And it's not in this section of scripture. In chapter 5, you see Jesus Christ, by the way, the lamb who was slain, come upon the scene on the throne room um, and basically take the title deed to the earth and said, it's now been given to me by my blood. Now, if he's got the title deed to the earth and we're his body and we have everything he has, you getting that for a minute? Who's got the title deed to the earth also? Yeah. And then in another place it says, and I, I should read, I should give you the verse so you can look it up yourself. Um, I've jumped ahead out of my, all my notes already. So, uh, Revelation chapter 8, verses 3 through 5, if you want to write that down. But in that place, it talks about our prayers, our prayers, the prayers of the saints, as they're going forth. They get mixed with incense by these angels around the altar. So our prayers, the prayers that Jason was, come on, praying, the prayers that Karina was praying, the prayers, come on, those prayers get mixed with a holy incense. And the Holy Spirit is the fire around the throne. Poof, it gets lit up before God. And your prayers then come thrown back down to earth and poof, wherever they land, the kingdom of heaven takes over. Read it. Revelation chapter 8, verses 3 through 5. I'm not making this up. <laughs> this is real. This is more real than the flesh we're walking in now. Come on, do you think your prayers mean something to God? Do you think they have power before God? Your prayers, mixed with the holy incense of heaven, lit on fire by the Spirit of God, are taken by angels, thrown down to the earth, just blasting. Come on, holy fire bombs. That's why the gates of hell cannot prevail. See, that's why God said in the Old Testament, I'm looking to and fro across the face of the earth of one who would intercede. I'm going to ask you another question. 
What is Jesus doing right now? What is Jesus doing right now? And it's in Hebrews chapter 7. I'll give you a hint. Hebrews chapter 7. What is Jesus doing right now? I'll, I'll read it to you. <laughs> Interceding and intervening. God, there it is. Jesus, it says, right now, ever lives to make intercession for you. So right now, before the throne, also what's happening is Jesus saying, God, whatever they say, I'm with them. I'm interceding. That's my body. And by the way, I'm backing them. So that's happening too in heaven. And I'll read it. It says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 24, on the other hand, Jesus, because on the other hand, it's talking about uh, our earthly priesthood. So I'll back up. It's talking about an earthly priesthood and how the earthly priests were able to go before God and intercede for the people. But now, on the other hand, it starts with in chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus holds his priesthood permanently without change because he lives on forever. And here it is in verse 25. Therefore, he's able to save forever completely, perfectly, and for eternity those who come to God through him since he's always living to intercede and intervene on their behalf with God. Always. Always have a prayer partner. That's right. And it's Jesus. And Jesus is always interceding for you. And you can say, you can get into that condemnation mode and you can let the flesh beast come up and you can say, well, this isn't for me. This is way too far out there. You don't know what I've done. And Jesus says, my blood sprinkles you clean. I wash you in my robe of righteousness and I walk you boldly into the throne room of grace and I am interceding with you and the God the Father, my daddy wants to hear from you because your prayers are going up to the altar and they're coming down to the earth and they're destroying the works of the enemy. That's what is happening in your life. Come on. Somebody's got to get excited about that. <laughs> holy, holy, holy. <laughs> we are priests now. It says in Revelation chapter 1, 6, 1 Peter 2, 5, and 9, and different parts of the scripture, it talks about we are priests now, holy priests. So the job of a priest is to come before God and intercede for the people, but we got a great intercession, a great high priest with us. Come on. Our true ministry is not what we do down here on this earth, though that is good. But our really true ministry is what happens before God and who we are before God. And every single born-again believer has access to this. This isn't just for, whoa, you kind of like really got close to God, and over the years you kind of like really... It's yours now. As soon as the blood of Christ sprinkles you, this is now yours. Come on. You got to see yourself there. You got to know it, though. You got to understand it. There's no circumstance that the sea of glass peace cannot overcome. There's no circumstance that your prayers before the throne can't destroy. Come on. And there's nothing that he, the great high priest, cannot do. Amen. And everything that he can do, it says that we can do also because we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Whew. That's why in Psalm 65, 5, it says, you answer our prayers with amazing wonders and with all inspiring and inspiring, excuse me, display of power. You are the righteous God who helps us like a father. Everyone everywhere looks to you for you are the confidence of all the earth. 
even to the farthest islands of the sea. You are not a human being on your way to heaven. You are an exact duplicate of the Son of God because of what he's done to you. Because it says, again, in the scriptures say that. You are an exact duplicate of the Son of God having an earthly experience after you accepted his blood, after you accepted him in you. Rise up and become who you are. Break off the beast flesh life that's saying that you're not worth that. Break off the beast flesh life that tells you that you're not good enough. That I've done too many things wrong. Or that we've been taught all our lives. Well, you know, you got to go out and you got to get a good job. You got to do this. You got to do that. And all of our life is focused upon our flesh life. But, you know, at, at Norma's um, uh, celebration yesterday, um, I shared, and I'll share this with you all. Some of you heard this, but if your life was a book, the introduction started on this earth. But chapter one doesn't start until after this flesh life is gone and we're in an eternal place where we don't have to deal with it anymore. That's chapter one. And it's an eternal book that never ends. And he's not yet wrote chapter one. We're still in the introduction. But every one of you, the book of life is total union with God, total union with Jesus Christ for all eternity. And that book is yet to be written in its totality. It will never be written in total because it's eternal. But you haven't even gotten into chapter one of what he's got in store for you. It's exceedingly abundantly about what we can ever think or ask. And the things that I'm trying to tell you now are just the kindergarten stuff. He's got way more for you than this that we're talking about right now. You're his child. You've been created to live with him for all eternity and oneness with him. We've got just a few short years, the introduction, to live on this earth. But the real life starts after that. So this short time on this earth, what will it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world, the whole earth, but lose his soul? And what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? This time on this earth is important. It's little and it's not much of the book. But we need to be living as who we are in Christ because the answer to the world's problems are within God's children, not political systems, not men. It's in God. It's in Jesus. And we're in Jesus, and Jesus is in us. And Jesus has got all the answers, and he's put the answers in us so that we can bring them to the earth. And that's what prayer is. How could you ever, ever think again of prayer as like this, oh, this drudgery thing that I, oh, and here's something, I know this happens with prayer a lot, that your mind starts going off. So he gave us this really cool thing. He says, you know what? I'm going to put my spirit in you, and I'm going to allow you, my spirit to groan in the spirit and talk directly with me and kind of go around your mind. It's called a prayer language where actually what happens is the Holy Spirit begins to communicate for you with God the Father, and God the Father communicates with the Holy Spirit to you bypassing all the flesh stuff and all the junk that you kind of like want to put in your mind. So basically, you can at any time in any place be praying in the Spirit. 
Uh, one time I drove all the way down to Green Rapids praying in the Spirit. I didn't even know how I got down there, and it was so cool because it felt like I got there in two minutes. And then I prayed all the way back in the Spirit in the car, and it's like I, I know I was driving, but I don't remember any of it. And downloads were happening to me. God was showing me stuff. Great things were happening in my life after that that I took from that just so short two and a half hours there and two and a half hours back that I still use today because the Spirit knows how to speak and pray perfectly and knows how to talk to God perfectly and bypasses all the flesh man in us. So then we got that too. Come on, we got that too. Somebody's got to get excited. <laughs> We've got that too. Wow. I'm going to read another scripture that is so cool. It's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. It says, we have already come near to God in a totally different realm. It's the Zion realm. We've entered the new city of the living God into God's throne room, which is the new Jerusalem in heaven. We have joined to the festival gathering of the myriads of angels in their joyous celebration. That's a past tense verse that goes on and explains where we are in the spirit. Wow. <laughs> wow. Mm. I missed a lot of stuff, but I think you guys are getting it. Um, Acts chapter 6 verse 4 says something about the early church that I found so amazing. Why do you think the early church in the book of Acts was just so on fire for God? You know, there was such a love for God. I mean, miracles and signs just followed them everywhere. Now, they weren't after signs and miracles. They were after God. And because they were after God, those things followed them. But, like, stuff was happening. Like, you know, when they walked up to the, going into the temple, and uh, was it Peter that said to the, the guy, he says, hey, silver and gold, I don't have any of that stuff, but what I do have, I'm going to give you, bam, the guy gets healed. You know, where they're walking by and the shadow of Peter gets on people and bam, they're healed. Not Jesus. Jesus was doing all those things. But these are men and women of God becoming the body of Christ, walking in. It says that they, their, their miracles became supernatural. How do they put it? The scripture basically says they were super miracles of these people. Like they became supermans on this earth. But the kryptonite of this earth, I want to tell you, is your flesh. You were created to be a superman and woman in God, to live for all eternity. But your flesh desires is a kryptonite that's killing you and holding you down. But it says in Acts chapter 6, verse 4, this is why they were so good about where they were headed. Here's their desire in just a few words. And here it is. But we will continue to, to vote ourselves steadfastly to prayer, and the ministry of the word. Those few words, this is what their key was. But we will continue to devote ourselves steadfastly to prayer and the ministry of the word. I think that's a call. It's like a kind of a, a gateway thing to let us know how we can kind of overcome the beast man flesh that kind of doesn't want us in the throne room, that doesn't want us before our Heavenly Father that doesn't want us walking in union with Christ. See, this mind is like the gateway. 
The heavenly realm is right here already. It's not a place way far away. God, matter of fact, is not a place or a person that can be touched. He is spirit and he is life. He cannot be contained to a place. He is in you. He's in you. He's in you. He's in you. And it's the same God. And I don't know how spirit realm works yet. I live there a lot, but I still am learning. But I know that God is in you right now, and you're the holy of holies of God, and the realm of heaven isn't someplace way out in the stars. It's right here, right now in us. And we then break open that realm wherever we go and touch. Come on, this earth with heaven as we agree and become one with him. And the fiery pictures of the incense of the saints being thrown down to the earth are actually being thrown out of us, touching people around us. That's why somebody's shadow can, whew, those fiery realms of his shadow just touch them. Boom, they're saved. On fire for God, they're healed. Boom. Wear a cloth or like my jacket because it's so filled with anointing, I can just go, boom. And, you're, and I know that stuff sounds weird. But as we get so close to heaven, the air of heaven and the smells of heaven get so thick on you that it says that in the spirit realm, the enemy smells it as well as those who are attracted to it and want to get close to you. Come on. That is so good. That is so good. First Thessalonians 5.17 says, and, uh, and this is in the Passion Translation, make your life a prayer. Um, in other translations, it says pray without ceasing. But make your life a prayer. In the book of Psalms, David says, I want to pray so much that I am prayer. Prayer, when you understand these things, has a whole different meaning. It's communion. It's oneness. It's dialogue. It's being in the presence of God. It's, it's, it's him speaking to us as much as we're speaking to him. Papa Daddy just wants us to be with him. It's a privilege. All prayer is union with God. All prayer is union with God. Hmm. I've got two weeks to do this, so I've got a whole bunch more. I think I'm going to start shutting this down for now, and we're going to pick this up. Because I want you to just get saturated with this. What's happening in the heavenly realms is, if this makes sense to you, heaven is not way out there. What's happening in the heavenly realms is right here. And you can either be ruled by the beast, flesh man. And that's why the scriptures so say that there's a war going on within each of you. Flesh versus spirit, spirit versus flesh. To live in the flesh is death, it says in the scripture. To live in the spirit is life. Jesus says, I've come to give you life and give you life more abundantly. The reason why this is going on in us is we've got choices to make. Are we going to allow the flesh to rule and reign over us? Or are we going to allow the blood of Christ to wash us and to live in who we really are in Christ? And that's a decision I lay before you today. This place is real. And that's who you are is According to the scriptures, you can either believe this and start asking God to help you line up with this. But there's some strongholds in all of us. And I know that many of you here, if you'd admit it, you've got strongholds in the flesh that are holding you back. Today's the day that he wants to break those. 
He doesn't want you to ever, God does not want you to ever not be in this place with him, this oneness. Matter of fact, it's so important to him that he actually came and died for you so that you could have this. It's important to him. How important is it to you? He's made a way for you to live for all eternity with him. And it starts once you receive the blood of Christ. I want to tell you how powerful the blood of Christ is. One drop of the blood of Christ will change you for all eternity. And it was all shed for you. All shed for you on that cross. And as he took his last breath and that blood was shed, God said, my heart now is ripped open to you. Come on and back to me. And he ripped open the veil, the separation between God and man. And he's calling you into that his heart right now. He's calling you individually into his heart right now. The heart of a loving father. See, most of us, unfortunately, have been lied to. And we got this picture of God as this angry God sitting on a throne who has got judgment against people. But it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, come boldly to his throne of grace. Grace. Unmerited favor. Doesn't matter who you were because while you were yet a sinner, Christ came and died for you. Just accept the sacrifice and come boldly into my throne of grace. And I'm going to give you mercy and I'm going to give you grace in your times of need. There's been times when I've been in his presence where he just... He would just say, come on, just hang out a little while longer. I really like hanging out with you. And that would break me. That the God of the universe loves us so much that he, his heart aches for you and yearns to be close to you. I don't get it. I'm not worthy. And I know you're not worthy. But he still did it. And his blood was shed for you. And he's calling you. And he wants to spend time with you. He wants to know you and love you and spend all eternity with you. That's who you are to him. And all that separates you is now gone because of the blood of Christ. As far as the east is from the west. So quit drumming it up. It's been put in the deepest sea, never to be brought up again. So why do you keep fishing for it? Let go of the flesh. Let go of the beast of the flesh that's holding you back. And come into who you really are in Christ. So if you all can stand, we're going to close today. And we'll pick this up <coughs> tomorrow, or tomorrow, Sunday. Matter of fact, why don't you pick it up tomorrow? Pick it up when you leave here. Pick it up now and go to that place and live with him and understand and know that, guess what? Prayer without ceasing means that you actually live there to the world and that the flesh man doesn't rule you, but the kingdom of heaven rules you. And it's a place where you can live from all the time, touching many around you and being in communion with the heavenly father. 
He's got a lot of stuff to show you. He really does. You know, he's kind of infinite, so I don't think you're ever going to exhaust what he wants to take care and show you and kind of take you on these really cool journeys with him and his wisdom and revelation. And as you get blasted by that holy, you know, holy, holy, just enjoy it. You know, I never understood going out in the spirit when I was still a Baptist boy, you know. One time when I got hit with one of those holies and got nailed out of the floor for about an hour. He wants to hit you with some holies today. And it doesn't mean that you have to be out on the floor, but he just wants to hit you with his holies today. He wants to love on you. There may be somebody here right now that's never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and what his blood did and what that offering really meant. They don't understand it. You know, it's kind of gotten a religious kind of meaning sometimes. But really, what God did is says, you know what? You've been separated from me because of sin. We call it sin. But there's a separation. There's been a veil between me and you. And I want to rip it open. And I want you to come running back to me as my child. And I want to spend eternity with you. So I'm going to die in your place so that your blood won't be shed for all eternity, but my blood will be shed for you. So all I want you to do is just accept that. Just accept my blood as your sacrifice. You don't have to do it. And then come. You're no more separated. The word sin means missing the mark, separation. You're no more separated. You need to make that decision today if you haven't made that decision. And maybe you're one who's been running. You've been filling up your life with your flesh. And you think it's okay because, you know, after all the flesh life, I can, you know, it's not that bad. I'm, I can do this stuff. You are meant for more than where you are right now. You are meant for more than where you are right now and who you are. You are a duplicate of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. You are an heir of God, joint heirs with Christ, and you are to rule and reign on this earth for the short time that you're here. And then you're going to be pulled into all eternity, given a glorified body that doesn't have to deal with the flesh stuff, hallelujah, and walk in oneness with him for all eternity. Right now, there's there are some flesh struggles. The flesh does not like what I am saying right now. There's some of you that are probably fighting it right now, but you know what I read was true. You know this is the word of God. You know this who you, is who you are. Come on. You need to make a stand. You need to make a stand and say no more. I'm walking forward in you. I've got Jesus Christ. I've got your spirit. And daddy, I've got you. Father God. Wow. What more? What more can you ask for? I've got to read something here and I hope I can find it because I think somebody needed this because they, they're still struggling. So I don't know if this is just for one person or if it's for a few. Father, help me to find it. But, um, it's in um, Psalms 115 or 16. And it says, I can't find it. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The heavens belong to our God. 
and they are his alone but he has given us the earth and he's put you in charge that's from the word of God that's who you are that's what you're on this earth for I'm gonna read it again because somebody this is for somebody that was like saying eh. the heavens belong to our God and they are his alone but he has given us the earth and put us in charge are you gonna walk in that today that's and I'll give you the address Psalm 115 verse 16 let's just raise our hand right now raise our hands I'm just gonna ask that God just funnel his love right now into your raised hands just make them like a funnel father funnel yourself right into them with your love your wisdom your understanding let them know and understand who they are in you let them come to a place where they're raised up higher in you we call the flesh dead in the name of Jesus we call the beast life of the flesh to die in the mighty name of Jesus. Rise up into the spirit realm. Rise up into who you are and into your destiny. He has opened the door to you. Jesus Christ is that door. And that door is flung wide open. He's saying, come on in. My righteousness has made you whole. Come in to who you really are. You are an eternal son and daughter of the king of the universe. No more separation. The veil's been torn in two from the top of the bottom to Father God's heart. And he's calling you into his heart. Believe it. Believe it. Believe it. In the name of Jesus. I'm going to just call the worship team to worship for a while. You're willing to, you can stay for a while. But please don't leave this.